absolutely beautiful day here in Las Vegas. Yeah, boys, second round, keep the momentum up. Fight like hell, like we do every week. You'll get it tonight. There is an amazing amount of energy in the air. It's all or nothing for a lot of these playoff drivers. Round two here. Let's just keep fighting hard like we've been doing all year. Yes, sir. It's one thing this team has done. It kept fighting the whole way. And we're about to roll the dice in Vegas. Take care of it here. You got over a two-second lead. The one is really loose down here, center of the corner. Loose. Wow. You go tell Matt. He's got to give me more than a lane and one foot. Watch he doesn't go all the way to the bottom. He's going for it. Make sure that nose is okay from up there. He needs to get sent here sooner or later. Here comes Hamlin. He's been fast this entire stage. Hamlin wins stage number one. Nice job with the car, man. Wow. My goodness. It's hard to race in the playoffs like this. Come on, guys. Let's go. Danny's coming with a run here now. Two, big run. And we got a three-wide battle into turn four. Smoke it in here. and smoke it. I think we're going to have to come. Hang on, he's a bit of behind you. 
This is the worst news yet for Kurt Busch. Denny Hamlin has to be licking his chops. Whatever you decide, we're with you. I know what I'm doing. Denny Hamlin has chosen to go outside. All right, 88 and 11 behind us. You got the 12 on the bottom. You got the 12. Okay. Cool. Green flag is in the air. Kurt Busch gets a great jump. All right, go bottom, go bottom. Halfback 21, no room up top. Clear by three, just hit your marks down here. Don't overdrive it, wrap the bottom. Huge move down the back straightaway by Denny Hamlin, side by side with Benedetto. 21-3, back, one lane up. Bring him back to the checkers here, man. Here comes Kurt Busch, bottom of the racetrack. Hometown hero, way to make it happen. Welcome to TrackSmack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Don Hall here for another fun edition of TrackSmack that was radioactive, courtesy of Fox, NASCAR on Fox. Mike Haig, of course, here with me once again from RacedaySA.com with a mouthful of yumminess that I see. Caught you. That's right. Eating a little snack here before we do the show. But uh, (laughs) Wow, what a day today, Don. It was a huge day today, Mike, yeah. and we've got all kinds of audio that's going to come down in our news and notes segment. That radioactive, I was just so into it, too, and it's so funny because they get longer as the season, as we get in the playoffs and stuff, because there's so much to cover. But I forgot, Mike. I mean, I started getting goosebumps again. That last run there, Denny Hamlin telling his crew, you know, I got this. I know what I'm doing. And they said, we, tr- you know, we're going with you, whatever you want to do. And between him and Matt DiBenedetto, but I tell you what, Kurt Busch, that restart was exactly the restart he needed. Uh, DiBenedetto was getting a push from Blaney. Uh, Denny come right through there, right behind him, and the two of them got to racing each other and allowed Kurt Busch to to keep on trucking by and, and get his first victory there at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, his home track, and the emotions that poured out of him afterwards. Yeah, wasn't that cool? It certainly and, was cool. He he came to Texas today. We're going to hear from him a little bit later, but he was at Dallas, up in Dallas, the DFW area, for the big announcement today. But it's great to see him get the wind on. We've been talking about Matty D. Remember what I said a few weeks ago? Would not be surprised to see him either score a victory or get real close. Well, heck, second-place finish. He really um, did well, and Denny was third. Um let me just go through the top 10 real quick. Yes, please. Recap the top 10. We had Martin Truex Jr. in fourth, Alex Bowman in fifth, Kyle Busch, the uh, brother of Kurt Busch, was sixth, Ryan Blending was seventh, Eric Jones eighth, Chris Busher ninth, and Kevin Harvick rounding out the top 10. It was great. Uh, we had yeah, some uh, this morning um, on the morning drive. Kurt Busch was on there, of course, with Bagman and uh, Pete Pisoni. Huh? And uh, he was talking about 
how big this this victory was and where would it go in his would he put it in his top five moments of his career and i mean let's think about it kurt bush has had a hell of a career i mean he's had a championship oh, no. and some other things so um yeah a lot of people forget about the championship that he won back in the day yeah i mean yeah. it's been a long time but uh i have a little bit of audio from him let's uh let's listen okay. to a little bit and see what kurt had to say about where he would put that in his top top five moments i just i just felt like that athlete that that says give me the ball put me in position to do something i felt like i was the lion with the piece of meat and nobody was going to get it I, I felt like this is my track my place my time and i have to execute on all these restarts to make it happen and we got the job done you know to come across the line and win at my hometown track it, so many different memories flashed through my mind uh, my little brother comes and gives me a nice door donut on the back straightaway after the race and it's like yeah this is so cool. We, we both now have won in Vegas. And it doesn't really, like, set in about the whole playoff atmosphere just because of how powerful the win was. The win was like winning Daytona for me. Uh, it's like winning the championship. And I'll put it in my, my top five moments of my career. There you go. And you know what's what's cool? He talked about the fact that, of course, that his brother has won there uh, in the past. But Big weekend there for Kurt, but also, Mike, I'm not sure if you had seen the tweets, but big weekend for Brexton as well. He won uh-huh. his, or a big week, I should say, he won his first race and he won his trophy. And I watched, uh, I saw on Twitter, Samantha and Kyle Bush's uh, tweets about it. And they both broke down in victory. Like, they were so excited, crying, uh, you know, as parents, so proud of him. And Kurt, you know, ended up tweeting out about it too, what a proud moment it was for him. So, uh, all around a great week for the entire Bush clan. And Mike, you know, he talked about there, his brother coming and giving him a donut on the door, you know, congratulatory one. I remember, well, I was going to say, wasn't it just a few years ago, we would wait to see if they were going to give each other black eye donuts <laughs> after a race, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you yeah. never know with them. They have a weird, I they talk about it, I think, that they've kind of, in fact, I think Kurt it's talked love, about it. They have like a love-hate relationship. Yeah, Kurt talked about it, I think it was today, actually, I think when he was talking about it at Texas, um, yeah. uh, when he was talking about his grandma, uh, having to pretty yeah, much tell she them. Had to she had to set them both straight. Yeah, yeah. So, But you still always but, wonder, you just never know like when one of them is going to go off. And by one of them, well, I mean Kyle now. I know, I know. <laughs> Did you ever think that you would say that which one of the Bush brothers is the looser of the loose cannons? No. <laughs> which one would you do you go kyle no hands down i'd go kyle hands down but kurt you know kurt's been known to fly off the handle a few times over the course of time in the nascar so he just seems but, happier i don't know if it i mean i think he is i do too he's in a better relationship right now and love life is better i think and that <laughs> as we all know Jeez. that makes a huge, huge difference yeah. you know and uh well, that last but, one, uh, he was, oh, goodness. I know, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad to see uh, see him get the uh, win. And, Don, you know, the, they talk about the mile-and-a-half tracks, you know, being boring races and stuff like that. I don't think that happened this race. This this was a race that lived up to all the hype that it was supposed to be. We had 20 lead changes among 11 drivers. That's that was great. impressive. And, um, you know, uh, Denny Hamlin led four times. He led the most for 121 laps. And uh, Chase Elliott was uh, led three times for 73 laps, and Kurt Busch was the third most uh, lap leader, uh, but he only led 
twice, mm. but the 29 laps, but it counted there at the end. He led it in the most important lap. So uh, I thought the stats were kind of interesting there and the margin of victory was 0.148 seconds. So um, good race, you know, Vegas is a neat track and a lot of fun. And, and I was glad to see, um, see Kirk get the victory and, it's going to make things a little bit more interesting going into Talladega this next week or this, this, this coming weekend. Well, I thought that the great run by Matt DiBenedetta was going to be an omen to good news oh, yeah. um, to come out by today and nothing happened, Mike. And so according to guy or gals, I should say like uh, Jennifer and others, no news in this situation is not good news. And it looks like from all signs, Wood Brothers, it, it's looking like is not going to renew that contract. And the reason, Mike, Why? I think is, well, Why? because they've got um, uh, Cendric. You know, uh, Wood Brothers works with Penske and you've got Austin Cendric there waiting in the wings, you know, to, to move up. Um, he's proved himself here yeah. in, in the Xfinity series. A, I know, but here's a guy, Don, that, has proved himself this year and he's had consistent finishes and you know, he's done really well. He's in hell. He's in the playoffs mm -hmm. in the second round of the playoffs yeah. right now. I don't I know. hate it. I do too. I but, and I will tell you though that, you know, again, we start looking at the silly season deal and it, there's oh, not very true. many cars open up. And today, again, it's pretty much the worst kept secret in NASCAR that Kyle Larson will be going to Hendrick Motorsports. Um, yeah. And so that that ride will be gone. Um, Chase Briscoe, I think, will probably end up going to the 14 car um, there at Stuart Haas Racing. I think this is the last you're going to see of Clint Boyer. Uh, running, although that opens him up as a driver too. But I think, you know, RPM is got looking at some things. I've, I, I talked with our good friend, Philippe Lopez today. And again, the problem that they're, that they're faced with is there's a lot of talent out there, but the talent has to come with sponsorship. They have to have yeah. the money behind it, or it does the organization no good. And it does the driver no good right now, Mike, when you look at everything um, on paper now, if Clint Boyer becomes a free agent, then, you know, I wonder if like five hour energy and stuff goes with him because they've done it in the past. But right now, the guy that everybody, if you're, if you're looking for a guy that can wheel a car and comes with sponsorship money behind him, that's Daniel Suarez. And he would be the most sought after um, basically since Kyle Larson's pretty much off the market. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I, I tell you what, I would love it if RPM could could get a hold of Matt DiBenedetto and see if maybe they could get some sponsorship money in there. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. Great guy. I just and I'm afraid when he doesn't get something, he's going to drop off the face of the of the NASCAR circuit. I just wonder, Mike, if um, maybe what hurts, and again, this is what sucks, because it's like not necessarily what you can do on the track. It's what you can do marketing off the track. And he's a great guy, and he's nice. Yeah. But is he market is he marketable? You know what I mean? I think, I think he could be. I think or he is, and, and is and could be if he, you know had more opportunity because hell the interviews he does, he, he does a really good job. Mm -hmm. He's very, ar very articulate more so than I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, 
I really do like Matt, and I really hope that, you know, that they can make something work somewhere. I don't want to see him have to take a step back, you know, to to another team that struggles. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, you know, it just – there's so many good guys out there, though, right now. You know, there know. really is. You you want to – and when you look low, when you look down to the Xfinity series, there's a whole crop of drivers that are ready to move up or could move up and could do really well. And there's some truck truck series guys that could, you know, move up as well. So the talent pool is incredible right now. I, th- I think it's better than it's been in a long time. And we've always had good talent out there, but um, it's pretty good right now. Now, let me ask you this, because mm-hmm. Matt is such a good guy. I, I'm going to propose something. I haven't heard this. Maybe other people, I don't know, because I don't really listen to a ton of other shows. But I'm, it just got me thinking. You know, some people used to think that, that doing something like this was bad for their career. Although I have watched, it's helped Justin Allgaier. It certainly helped Elliot Sadler. There's nothing yeah. wrong with going back down in order to be on a competitive team and run for a championship. So what if Matt Benedetto maybe looked at a junior motorsports or you know, Joe Gibbs racing, you know, one of their Xfinity series teams or something like that, where he can, you know, legitimately run for a championship on a team. Mike, I don't know sometimes if it's worth, it it makes me think back to (laughs) this is so stupid, but it makes me think back to when I was a sophomore in high school, I got offered, okay. (laughs) I got offered to play varsity basketball and the likelihood is I would sit on the bench you know, and I would come in here and there or, and, and actually what it was is I would go to all the tournaments. I would be a tournament player or I could stay on JV and start and start. And I, I chose to stay on JV and start. Yeah. Cause you want to play. I want to, I wanted to play. You spent all that time in practice and you want to be, a, you know, you want to be out there on the court mm-hmm. and you want to be contributing. You don't want to be sitting on the, on the bench, on the sidelines. Right. I'd rather play. So, um, I don't know. I, I wonder if that's something that's maybe, you know, that maybe he looks at. Um, it's just, uh, it's very interesting. And now that we know that we're not going to be, lo- you know, or like losing a number of races, uh, yeah. the season's still going to be about the same time-wise yeah. and we'll stuff. Which that in a minute. Sure. Here, but. Um, but anyway, so 2021 looks really good and really promising on a lot of fronts. Right. Um, but I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get us into the silly season stuff. No, but I just wanted to, because Matt had such a great run. I mean, he was right there and it's just so sad that we didn't get to hear the news that, yeah, they're, they've picked him up. But I, I honestly have felt in my heart that, um, I didn't think it was going to happen because I, and I feel like too, Mike, you have to think about this as well. I kind of, it's like you're caught between a rock and a hard place because you've got a guy over there at Wood Brothers, you know, that again is a Penske satellite team that you like. He's a good guy. You want to do good by him. You got a hungry young kid in Austin Sendrick whose father is one of the big wigs there with Penske. Yeah, Tim. He probably comes with sponsorship money behind him and he needs a chance too. And it's like, okay. What do you do? God, it sucks to be Roger Penske right now and have all the all these you know problems. But I get it for the team, and you know I understand the hierarchy and things, and I understand that this. I I honestly feel in my heart, Mike, that this was Roger Penske and Wood Brothers' way of giving Matt DiBenedetto a chance to shine for a bigger team. 
Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, there's no rides. There's just no rides, you know. I think, right. you know, so I, I don't know. But um, but look at Austin. Look at all the wins he's had on the Xfinity Series. And he comes in and is, he's uh, maybe a better driver. He's a different driver. Know. He's just different. You know, he's style. But he's been bred under that Penske, you know, he yeah. he is, again, we talked about that before. He's a Penske guy, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they've made an investment in him. You know, they've invested in him for several years now, and you're going to, you know, you want, you want to see if that investment can pay off. And I think, I mean, here we're coming off of Vegas, and I don't mean to be cliche, but it's a gamble I would be willing to take. Nice Definitely. guys don't always finish first, you know. That's true. God, any other analogies or cliches we like? (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, so anyway, Vegas didn't disappoint. We go into, oh, my word, Talladega. (laughs) We're going to Dega uh, for for this next race this weekend. So that should be a big cluster, you know what. Um, I'm sure it'll really shake things out. Uh, One of the other things, Mike, really quick to point out before we move on from Vegas that I completely – like almost overlooked was Austin Dillon and the bad luck he had. He basically came in riding this oh, high man. and he lost a lot of ground, a lot of playoff ground. Well, he started the race in seventh and then finished in 32nd place. He was about uh, seven laps down at the finish. And, um, and I hate to see him not do very well, you know, because we, I, he had a lot of, a lot of promise this year and, I thought he might be able to make it to the final four. Okay. Well, really quick, let's, um, the cup playoff standings right now, um, at Vegas or since Vegas, um, we have Kurt Busch now, um, because of the win standing in first, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Martin Truex Jr., Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, and Alex Bowman. That's the eight spots right there. The bottom four guys that are still trying to to get in, uh, but they'll be they've got Talladega, and then they'll have one more race, and they'll be eliminated on that next race. So Kyle Busch, Clint Boyer, Eric Almarola, and Austin Dillon. So uh, you know it's it's funny too because Austin, I guess, just had a. a his, his regular season wasn't as good, which didn't help him any, but he's the one out of all four of those drivers that has been riding the high the last few weeks, yeah. and these others have been struggling, and yet he's that really set him back. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Alex Bowman sitting there uh, right now in that final eighth spot, and it's, it's so funny yeah. because, I'm, I mean, I know he has a win this season, but that's a quiet thing. I mean, he's up there with some monsters, you know, <laughs> he, is. Well, and, and he had a strong fifth place finish right behind Truex. So, uh, he's consistently up there and he's very quiet right now. I mean, I could see him striking here at the, in the next couple of races. And now we go to Talladega and you know, that's a wild card race, basically anything and everything can probably happen there. So, Lord knows what's gonna who's gonna win that race. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, Mike, is I'm looking at this, and again, those bottom four, they'll be eliminated uh-huh. after the Charlotte race, which will be the yeah. race following um, and that'll be the Roval, right? It, yeah. That's the, yeah, so the I think oh so. My God. So, so you yeah. go to from Dega. <laughs> Holy crap. I forgot really, about that. I'm telling you, they're really screwed. <laughs> yeah, I mean you go from Dega to the Roval. I mean, you may as well just I mean you go from 
the fire into whatever else. I mean, you know, if you have a bad race at Talladega and think, oh, well, I got, you know, Charlotte, I can make up a hell. No, you can't on that Roval. Who knows what's going to happen? You thought they were gambling this just this past weekend in <laughs> Vegas. Whole, I mean, like you said, they go from the fire to the shit storm is what they're going to. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, so uh, <laughs> looking at the points uh, from 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th, Kyle Busch, who's in ninth place, is nine points back of Alex Bowman in eighth place. Uh, and then Clint Boyer is uh, 20 points back of eighth place. Uh, yeah. Eric Amarola is 27 points back and poor Austin Dillon. He is 33 points back. So literally would have to win the race probably at Dega or the Roval to. But we've seen him, you know, win before on the super speedway races. I mean, again, a guy like Austin Dillon, who you think he's out, he could be pulled right back in, mm -hmm. you know, with the win. So that's where it was what makes this playoff system so interesting that anything can happen. And when you have these races like Talladega and Charlotte coming up on the Roval, I, I say, you know, anything goes and anything could happen and probably will happen. It's it's going to be a fun one to watch and see or the next it is, couple. It is. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Uh, and then they'll go, let's see, after after Charlotte, Texas will, is, do they come to Texas or Texas will be that second to last race, right? No, I think they come to Texas after Charlotte, don't they? Vegas, okay, so playoffs round uh, of 12. So they were at Vegas, Talladega, Charlotte. Then we go Kansas, Texas, Martinsville. Then we go to Phoenix. There okay, we go. Got it. We were forgetting Martinsville. How could we forget Martinsville? All right. I knew there, I knew there was a race in between. Texas Martin's, I mean, Texas and Phoenix, because Eddie was all happy because it's a week before their season starts. Yeah, that's right. I'm so used to Texas being that cutoff sometimes, you know, so that's that's what's been different. So. Oh, yeah. All well, right. it, used to, it used to be Texas, Phoenix, Homestead. Homestead yeah. Texas was the cutoff, right? It's or always been the, that second to the cutoff is what I should say. Yeah, so I guess they're yeah. still in the same spot. It's just moved up. Yeah. Whatever. One spot. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mike, um, getting into our news and notes segment, basically the news and the notes, we, we've already done some news, but today was the biggest news. It was shakeup day, the announcement of the new 2021 schedule. Do you say schedule or schedule? Schedule. So do I. Craig says schedule. So anyway, well, it's so proper. It is. Schedule. It sounds weird, though. Um what an announcement today. Jeez, it's like, where do you start? New tracks, new layouts. Uh, 36 races again. And um, we got some new courses, uh, new road courses, Dawn. Um, six road okay. course races total. Yeah, six. That's going to be crazy. Yes. And we're going to be racing at the Circuit of the Americas, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes, Road to uh, America. And then we're going to be at the uh, Indianapolis Speedway Road Course instead of the Brickyard on, on the big two, two-and-a-half-mile track. Mm -hmm. um, so um, Bristol's going to be there. Race of, Bristol's going to be on the dirt track. And um, Texas is going to have the All-Star Race. It's crazy. So we, we kick it off in Daytona. I, I can kind of go through the schedule here. We kick it off in Daytona with the uh, with the the Clash, which is the Clash is going to be on on a road course, Don. Wow. 
And then we have Daytona 500. Then we go to Homestead, Miami. Then we go out to California, the Auto Club. Then make a stop in Vegas, mm-hmm. kind of the Western Swing. Then we go to Phoenix, Atlanta. And then we have the Bristol Dirt Race Yeah. on yes. Sunday, March 28th. That's going to be interesting. And we have some great audio. They're going to talk about how that's going to work. We'll find out about that. <laughs> Look at the next race um, that we have. Martinsville. Oh, okay. No, does, does your schedule say something else? I got the one. I'm reading the one from NASCAR. So am I, but it says something else before Martinsville. I, oh. I guess uh, they thought they were being uh, funny. I, I missed being one. Funny. Did I miss? I missed Atlanta. Oh, no, no, no. That's not what I'm throwing it all off. Mine says, so between Bristol's Dirt Race and Martinsville on Sunday, April 4th is the Easter Bunny 500. It's an off week, but they thought they were going to be funny and stick that in there. Mine oh, has I like these little that. things in here is, is what I'm looking at. So. Uh, smart, smart asses. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so we have Martinsville. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Richmond. Then Talladega mm-hmm. on April 25th. Kansas. Darlington on Mother's Day. We never race on Mother's Day. This will be a first. Mother's gonna be mad this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is is that Mother's Day really? Uh huh. Yeah, it's Mother's Day. Okay, and and then I, I said Darlington, Dover, and then Coda mm-hmm. on March or uh, May twenty third at Circuit of the Americas. We're gonna have the Cup, Xfinity, and the Truck Series there. It's gonna be crazy. That's exciting. Then we go to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. That's for the World 600. Coca, what is it? Pepsi 600? Coca-Cola or no? 600. Coca-Cola 600. That's right. And um, then we go out to the wine country, Dawn, in California on June 6th to Sonoma. Hopefully there'll still yeah. be a racetrack there. <laughs> and I, I mean, there. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be light, but serious. Actually, they're using part of the uh, camping area. They're open. They open it up for people that are evacuating. Oh, wow. A, well, good hey, for them. Yeah, I saw a story on that the other day, which is I thought was really, really great that SMI is doing that, providing that. Um, but anyway, on June the Saturday, uh, Sunday, June third, the first time ever, the All Star Race comes to Texas Motor Speedway. Mm-hmm. That's going to be cool. Then we go to Nashville Speedway. Now we haven't been there in a few years, and that's Father's okay? Day. That's Father's Day, mm-hmm. which should be kind of cool. Good time of year to be up there in Tennessee. Um, Dawn's uh, Saturday and Sunday, June 26th and 27th, we have a double header at Pocono. Interesting. We'll do so. I we're doing that, it again. I like it. Again, yeah, they uh, think it worked out pretty well. Then we have a new well, it's a course has been road course has been around a long time, but it new for NASCAR Cup Series. There, uh, uh July 4th weekend, too. We go to Road America, nice, and that's going to be a nice time to be up there. Oh, and that's a beautiful track, and we've seen the Xfinity cars run there, and they like put that. on a pretty, pretty good show. Fourth of July on Road America. Yeah, kind of like Aren't that. Are they yeah. clever people? Yeah. Okay. Next. Then July, July the eleventh, we're in Atlanta, back mm-hmm. at Atlanta again. Mm-hmm. Then we go up to the northeast part of the country, where you said it's a great place to visit and Love see a race track. in New Hampshire on July the eighteenth. Then we're going to come down to Watkins Glen on July, uh, I mean, on August the 8th. We're off for, for two weeks because the Olympics, remember? Oh, yeah. The only, I've, yeah, for Feld to talk talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Sunday, June 20, uh, 15th, the uh, Indianapolis Road Course. Mm-hmm. So you know, we've seen the Indy cars compete on there. Xfinity ran there earlier this year and uh, we're on a good race. So, again, uh, I think that's going to be exciting. Then we have the one and only race at Michigan, and we're going to hear why they're only going to have one race at Michigan, but that's going to be on August the 22nd. 
And then, then Dawn, we go back to Daytona on August 28th. It's going to be hot and humid. Yes, it will be. And then we have the playoffs. September the 8th, Darlington, first race. Mm -hmm. September the 11th, Richmond. September 18th, Bristol. September 26th, Las Vegas. October 3rd, Talladega. October 10th, the Charlotte Roval. Uh, October 17th, Texas. Mm -hmm. October 24th, Kansas. October 31st, Martinsville. And we round out the year out in Phoenix again on November 7th. So that's the Cup Series, 36 races. A lot of changes. And you, you did mention that when we go to Indianapolis that it, it's no more oval. It's no, the, it's a road, yeah, the yeah, road course. The road yeah, road course. So, um, you know, Mike, and I think, I mean, I like the way the schedule looks. There's a lot of, you know, I, I'm kind of down to not do a lot of these tracks twice. I, I'd rather yeah. throw in some new ones and stuff out there. Um, well, they're going to make changes in t- uh, 20, uh, 2022. And we have Steve O'Donnell in just a second that's going to talk about that. Well, cool. But, I was just yeah. going to say, I think that two-week period that they're off is going to be huge. Because yeah. you're going to see teams that are just going to like, I mean, you know what I mean? That's a long time in NASCAR, in the NASCAR world to be off. Yeah. So. And um, you'll be able to recharge your batteries and kind of reset everything a little bit, you know? And then if you want to take a vacation with your family, that's the thing. A lot of these teams and drivers, they don't get a chance to really do the vacations with their family. They have to do them in that 10-week off period that we have like in December and January. Or in November, and the weather is usually cold everywhere. So where can you really go? And what what can you really do? So well, that and then they used to do it during that All Star Weekend, where they would have but you know the Coke Six Hundred and the and the um, uh, All Star Race there in Charlotte. Now that they're coming to Texas, that's going to kind of screw those plans up a little bit. <laughs> so um, I like it though. Yeah, and they and they if you're a NASCAR fan, I'm sure you've seen all the hype on Twitter and all the coverage on uh, TV and everything. But today, all, all across the United States, different tracks, different uh, – they had different announcements, different ways that they announced their races and everything. At Texas Motor Speedway, there was a big event in Dallas uh, that they had where Steve O'Donnell, who the uh, – he's the executive vice president of, of – and the uh, chief racing development officer for NASCAR, he came to Dallas with Kurt Busch. And uh, Marcus Smith, who's the CEO now of um, Speedway Motorsports, Bruton Smith's son, Eddie Gossage. They had a big media event there, which we're going to hear from all of them in a few minutes. But it was a big day today to announce all these changes and everything. Well, uh, I'm ready to hear from some of these guys. Uh, Let's hear about so these changes. The, the first one we're going to hear from is Steve O'Dono, and he talks about why they changed the schedule and what the reason behind that is. So here's NASCAR's. Executive Vice President and Chief Racing Development Officer, Steve O'Donnell. You know, hugely exciting day uh, for NASCAR and really everyone involved uh, in the industry. We said uh, back really in 2019 that we wanted to evolve the schedule. Uh, 2020 was going to be a year where we can make some moves uh, within the portfolio of races uh, that we had. But really 2021 and beyond where you're going to see some really bold changes from NASCAR. Uh, we believe we've delivered on that. We're excited for our fans. Uh, it's an historic schedule, as, as Mike talked about, the most changes since 1969. Um, all of that couldn't have happened, however, um, really without the cooperation of the entire industry. Um, even if you throw COVID in there, I think it probably hurt, helped spur some decisions. 
Uh, it helps spur some of the changes uh, that you've seen in the schedule in a good way. Um, so we were really able to pivot and do some really neat things for the industry. A lot of cooperation from our broadcast partners, uh, our track operators, certainly our race teams as well as we look ahead for, for 2021. So um, the primary goal for us was to continue to evolve the schedule, to continue to build it, to continue to listen to the fans. Uh, 2021, we believe, is a really bold step in that direction, but we're not done. Um, there's 2022 and beyond um, where we'll continue to look at making changes that we believe are in the best interests of the sport uh, in key markets and key iconic racetracks as well. So uh, we're going to continue the journey. And I know Ben Kennedy is going to walk you through uh, the specific changes, but again, really appreciate everybody joining us for being patient uh, with us as we got to this announcement um, and look forward to, to seeing everybody uh, this weekend or at least saying hello virtually at uh, Talladega. Hey, Don, a little shout out to Mike. You know, <laughs> He totally <laughs> gave you, he gave you props. <laughs> yes, he did. Didn't that work out great? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you know, uh, Possible more changes to 2022. Um, we could see, uh, you know, some tracks come online, some other tracks possibility, maybe some changes throughout the year. Um, could the all-star race move to somewhere else? Uh, you know, so it, that's kind of exciting just to look beyond. And, and I, I think change is good. Every once in a while, you know, we've been going through the same schedule Year after year, there hasn't really been much change. And now 2020 with the COVID-19 and everything really threw a wrench and everything and changed it up. But I like some of the things that they had to do to with mid midweek races and double headers and no more practice like and no more qualifying. Yeah. And yeah. And they shortened the weekend a little bit and that helped in, in some cases. So yeah, saves the team's money. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I do too. And I mean, you notice that through some of these races that um, there's only going to be a couple, I think, where they're still going to do practice or where, they'll, where they will do a practice and qualifying. But uh, for the most part, it's one day shows, um, you know, that they'll be in and out of. And uh, I, you know, as a race fan, it kind of sucks because it, it, it takes away from the ambiance no, and stuff of the whole weekend of being there. But to me, from a quality standpoint, and I know there's some people out there that'll argue this, but I think it has made the racing better. I think it's kept people on their toes. Um, And Mike, you know, I know that different teams, different drivers and stuff react differently to this, but I've always said, you know, and for example, let's do one of the Texas races, for example, Um, you know, well, or the ones that we used to do or, or a night race deal, you would go and practice on Friday and then on Saturday, all day during the day and on Friday, and then you're having a night race. There is nothing that you're learning on that track. All you're doing is scuffing some damn tires and seeing, and, and, and getting some seat time for the, you know, it's a waste of time. And again, I, I just, I like it. It's like, just bring it out there boys and uh, go with your notes and see what happens. And, And it's made for better racing. And, you know, if you look up in the grandstands on those days where there's just practice or even qualifying, you don't see very many people that come out for that part. They always come right before the race starts. Mm-hmm. Well, because, you I mean, know, and if you remember, Mike, back in the uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago when we used to go, and I don't know that every track did this, but remember when we'd go to Texas and stuff, no. you purchased a ticket like for Friday, you had a qualifying ticket and yeah. And, and practices, then they would clear out the place <laughs> yeah. and you purchased a ticket for the truck race. 
Then when stuff started to um, slow down a little bit, you purchased mm-hmm. your Friday ticket for qualifying and practices and you got the truck race with it. Then Saturday you had the cup practices and you had the Xfinity series race. And then Sunday you had the cup, but all those were separate tickets. Now it's like you just buy a ticket for the weekend and you're there pretty much for the whole weekend almost. Um, but I mean, I can remember when there was people that couldn't afford to go to, because remember the ticket prices were so high and they couldn't afford to go to, to, to the cup races and stuff. So it was like Fridays was the day that they would come with the family because, yeah. you know, cause you could bring a whole family and enjoy, get to see some cup qualifying, some practices and then a race. A yeah, I race. remember back in around 2008, 2007, I remember taking Dixie and getting her a ticket and paying over a hundred dollars for like $125 for a cup ticket or whatever, maybe more than that for a pretty decent seat. That I thought that was pretty steep, you know, for oh yeah, on one day. So well, I remember, yeah, because I can remember at Texas, if you wanted yeah. to be in the middle upper deck se- sections, like those blue seats behind you, the blue plastic yeah. seats or whatever, which most of, a lot of those were season ticket holders, but or up yeah. there, actually, what you wanted was to be up underneath <laughs> the thing. Um, yeah, uh, I can remember right there in between turn one and like not all the way down to turn four, but turn one and to the flag stand, I guess I want to say it was like $260 was about the average. And that was if you were lucky enough to get your ticket through the ticket office. I mean, back then, remember the scalpers would buy them on, you were having to pay double and triple. (laughs) Yeah. Now you can get the whole damn weekend for 99 bucks. (laughs) And a hot dog and four hot dogs, Cokes, and a scanner. <laughs> Shoot. No kid. I mean, you're almost to the point of Eddie bringing you home for dinner. <laughs> if, you, if you're nice enough to him, he might. <laughs> but but uh, today, Don, um, Ben um, Kennedy, who's the vice president of racing development, also was uh, on the line at the conference call they had today with the media. And he, uh, he talked about why they have – all these big changes. So you want to hear from him? Yes, sir. Here, here's Ben Kennedy. A historic day for us and uh, a lot of bold changes. I think you saw this really as we, we went and started building out the 2020 schedule initially. Um, got to carry a lot of those over into 2021. So from the playoff schedule, Martinsville night race, um, Pocono doubleheader, we we're able to retain a lot of those, but also a, a lot of significant changes as you think about 2021. Um, really nine significant ones that, that we have announced today. So three new tracks that we're going to, um, world-class facility at Circuit of the Americas, an iconic and historic facility at, at Road America, um, National Super Speedway, certainly a, an incredibly important market to us. If you guys were there um, for the banquet last year, certainly need to see such a, a big turnout from the fans. Bristol Dirt, um, a, another big one and big shakeup to Fox's portion of the season. We'll see that in March. Um, Indy Road Course, and you know, I think we saw a great Xfinity race there earlier this year. Um, we'll get to see the Cup Series head there in August of next year. Two races at both Atlanta and Darlington, um, certainly important markets to us when you think about the roots of our sport. Um, really where we come from, a lot of fans there, um, certainly a, a lot of our partners being based out of those regions as well. The All-Star Race moving to Texas and to close out Fox's portion of the season. 
And then last but not least, the clash moving to Tuesday night and on the road course um, here across the street at Daytona. So certainly a lot to look forward to um, when you think about 2021. And to Steve's point, uh, a lot to look forward to. And, you know, as we think about future evolutions of the schedule, too, this is certainly a big and important step for us, but um, continuing to, to press forward with it as well. And there you go, Dawn. And, and you know, we mentioned when I read through the schedule a while ago, some of the big changes and stuff. But um, you keep hearing the, they talk about the market, the market area. That was something that kept coming up today during the press conference and um, how important it is that they're in markets where they're going to have good you know, media coverage. Good, te- good TV markets, but also where a lot of their uh, partners and uh, their sponsors are. It's real important. And, um, you know, we're not going to go to Chicago. We're not going to go to Kentucky. That's that's going to be different this year. They Those tracks lose out completely. So, uh, but big, big changes that Ben um, talked about there. Yeah, I was, um, the Atlanta getting two races again, was surprising to me because I can remember a time when people were wondering if Atlanta was even going to be able to stay open. Remember? I mean, it's like, it just kind of, I know everybody used to talk about going to Atlanta all the time. And then it just kind of, I think it was just those mile and a half tracks. I mean, all of them though were hurting, but Atlanta really had taken a hurting. We're going to hear from Ben again in a little bit about Atlanta. He talks about why there's going to be two races. Also the same thing with Darlington. Um, There's a reason there, but, um, but, uh, but again, some big, big changes. Um, one of the ones he mentioned was all-star race at Texas, and that was a big deal to move that race. Mm-hmm. So here is uh, Steve O'Donnell. And let me just mention uh, real quick, uh, Ben was in Florida today. Steve was in Dallas. And the other guy that was moderating this was, I think, in uh, Charlotte. So mm-hmm. the, the, the audio kind of, you'll hear it skip or skip out a little bit in a couple of places, but you guys, they were having a little bit of technical problems. So we apologize for that, but, uh, but for the most part, you'll be able to hear it pretty good. So here's Steve O'Donnell again, talking about why the all-star race is coming to Texas. I think this is an event that Eddie Gossage has always asked for, um, you know, and he's got to be, he said it today that, you know, you can't steal one away from his boss, right? Marcus Smith, but uh, Texas is a huge market for us. It's always felt like an all-star market and within does big events and does them well. So when we looked at the totality of the schedule and talked to Marcus Smith and the ability for us to potentially get to Coda, uh, in order to do that, we wanted to be in Fort Worth and we wanted to be in Texas twice as well. And how could we do that? And the all-star race felt like a natural fit. Uh, we're very comfortable with what the track will do here. Uh, you'll certainly see us probably add some things and some tweaks to the rules for that race. But uh, for us, it's a, it's a good fit, big market, and uh, expose some of the great fans out here in Texas to the All-Star, uh, not only the event, but the festivities around it. All right, Don. Well, there was Steve O'Donnell, and, you know, uh, he talked about um, it's a good market. Texas has always been a really good track and facility, and um, so um, it, they have pretty good crowds. And I know Eddie – is always putting on a hell of an event. They promote the races like you can't believe up there at TMS in Fort Worth. And uh, so I think there's a the track has the makings of putting on a really cool thing and looks like there's going to be some concerts and all sorts of things. So uh, we, we'll hear from Eddie here in a, in a or just a, in a, just a minute uh, what Eddie has to say and also Kurt Marcus and Steve again, but because uh, from the event today. Mm-hmm. 
some we had some audio f- from there, but uh, I like I like the fact that All Star Race is coming to Texas. I do too, and and I'm down also with you know with the Coda deal and stuff because you know Mike, here's the thing: is when you look at the schedule, California, huge state. They've got a couple of different, you know, different types of tracks that they run, but they go to basically the state twice. Um, You know, Florida, same thing. You know, you're going there. You've got multiple tracks there that they go to. Um, And it's just weird with with a state as large as Texas that, you know, I mean, they would – we only had one track at the time, but I mean, there was other options out there to run. You had Houston, you had, you know, there, there were these road course kind of deals or whatnot that, that have been looked at or talked about. And, you know, we do have this other track there and I liked, I like what they're thinking about doing and, and seeing, and you and I were even talking about if it doesn't happen every year, like, wouldn't it be cool like to maybe rotate them or something, you know, one year yeah. you have the Texas race at Texas, you know, at, at TMS, the next year you have it at Coda. And I, I don't know. The one thing I think people need to keep in mind, Mike, is I saw a lot of people complain. Why do we need all these road courses? Which is so funny because today's fan, that's got to be those old fans that just hate the change because uh, today's fan knows that the road courses have put on some of the best racing that we see now. Yeah. But Mike, here's the reason why they want more road courses. It's called money, and those tracks sell out. Those tracks have been consistently selling out at these road course races. Well, and we've seen the IndyCar really take off in the last couple of years, and a lot of their uh, races are on road courses. You know, Formula One is real popular. Of course, it's worldwide, but um, and they're all on road courses. But speaking of uh, Texas and road courses and everything and, and IndyCar, uh, we're going to hear from Eddie. Eddie's going to talk about, you're going to hear hear his comments here in just a second. He and Kurt Busch and Marcus uh, Smith and also uh, Steve. But uh, May 1st and 2nd, doubleheader IndyCar race when Texas announces. Eddie will talk about that in a second. That is great. Two IndyCar races. We get and we get it at the, the race at the beginning of May. I love it. And Eddie talks about that in, in a second. That, that This really is a big change because that race is normally in June. And it's hotter the weekend than that 80s. We, What's that? It's hotter than Hades in June. Yes, it is. Now, speaking of June, though, <laughs> the All-Star Race will be that weekend mm-hmm. when the IndyCar race is normally. But it's a Sunday it's night. June the 11th and 12th. Yeah, exactly. And. Um, but it's not just the. the and, and, and we're not just getting the All-Star Race. 11, 11th, 12th, and 13th. No, we have the Camping World Truck Series on June 11th. Mm-hmm. The. Texas 300 NASCAR Xfinity Series on the 12th, and then also races that on the 13th. And then the other thing that they, they talked about here, and let me mention in a second, is the October 16th and 17th, the, the uh, Xfinity Series and Cup Series race there. So Texas still has a good, solid schedule and season, I think. Do you think, and I have to go look at the schedule, but did they announce, I wonder if that Cup race, or not, if that truck race, and that Xfinity race will both be night races as well. Because, you know, when the trucks come in June, it's a night oh, race. They're going to announce that. I know that Steve O'Donnell in the press conference today said that the truck and the Xfinity series uh, schedule thing is going to be announced next week. Okay. I'm curious because it's, oh, well, it's hot. <laughs> I, bet, I bet they will. They'll probably be night races because in first part of June, it's starting to get real hot up here. Mm-hmm. I like that because then we don't have to Anybody. sit outside all day. Well, let's hear from Eddie and Kurt and Marcus and uh, Steve O'Donnell. Here's what they said at the event today up in Dallas. 
I started to do that, you know, one million dollars. So, yeah, that's a lot of money for uh, for any sport, you know, 10 times more than NBA All-Star Games. So those guys go for it for that kind of money. This is one of the most prestigious motorsports events in all the world uh, to be selected to host it. Is a tremendous honor for us, particularly in our 25th season of speed. Uh, you know, it's just something that that we've always wanted, but you never said it because one of our sister speedways that our company owns had it, and you don't want to take something away from one of them. But um, it's it's just a great honor that that we're selected to be the site of the next All Star race. For us, as we look at the three dates, the three weekends on our calendar. All three are an improvement from where they were uh, this year, for instance. You know, uh, our spring race always had the, the threat of rain and cold weather in late March, early April. Well, now it's being run in early June, mid-June. Not going to have to worry probably about rain and certainly not going to have to worry about the cold. Indy cars moving to uh, the first week of May. Uh, the month of May is sacred in motorsport. It's the big month of May that culminates in the Indianapolis 500, particularly special for Indy cars. And then our fall race date uh, moves back another week. So it's even further away from deer hunting season, which we've heard from fans is important. So every one of our dates improved this year. So it's just, uh, to me, I look at 2021 schedule in our 25th season, it is better than it's ever been. That's the best schedule we've ever had. This works for a ton of different reasons, um, mainly for the atmosphere around Texas Motor Speedway and how Eddie Gossage and everybody at SMI loves to put on a production. And so to have the truck series on Friday, Xfinity on Saturday, and then the cup race Sunday, that right there to me means that it's a weekend for the family. It's a weekend to come out camping. There's going to be these shorter races. And then the all-star race caps it off with the electricity of that environment of pre-race concerts. I'm sure could be post-race and uh, different rules package might be tried out uh, different lengths of the race, you know, different stages. Uh, it's just that nobody cares about the points in an all-star race. Everybody's there for the money. So with a million bucks up for grabs, yes, a lot of guys will wreck each other for it. Bringing the NASCAR All-Star Race to Texas, to Texas Motor Speedway, is something that is at the top of my list. It has been for a number of years, thinking about how we would celebrate the NASCAR All-Star Race at Texas Motor Speedway with Eddie Gossage and his team at TMS. They know how to promote in a big, big way, in a, in a way that's fitting to uh, really one of the sport's biggest events and one of the biggest probably the biggest all-star event in all of sports a lot of our fans have asked for this race to rotate um and anything new you know fans want to check it out see what's happening i think there's some things we can do to, to tweak the rules a little bit at texas um it'll be really interesting you know you have a 500 mile race right and you race one way a lot different for the all-star race short segments uh, you know guys on the gas right away so i think you'll see some really good restarts and some good racing throughout the all-star race for us is always one that we've looked at as, as one of the great events for our new fans to come in and introduce themselves to NASCAR too. kind of shorter races, shorter segments, but really all the activity that goes around the event. And you know, we've had concerts, a lot of pre-race festivities. That's all been part of the atmosphere that builds up for the all-star race. Uh, you've got the, the open race first to see who can qualify, add some excitement. So, you know, the whole industry's here. They're, they're relaxed because it's a fun event and it's a, a really good time for all. And there you go, Don. They had a lot to say, but a lot of good good things were said. And um, that kind of leads us into uh, 
talking about CODA coming up here. Well, uh, before, one thing I wanted to say while I was thinking about that is, you know, the All-Star Race in June at Texas, the cool thing is, is you're not competing with Cowboys football or high school football or college football. You've got baseball going on, so you got the Texas Rangers up here, but that could also make for a good weekend too, if especially yeah. if, if these races happen to be at night, possibly or something. Um, and and the reason I'm pointing all this out is because again, people would go to Charlotte and make a week of it or whatever, and visit the shops and do all these things. But there's a lot to do in the Dallas Fort Worth area, you know. I mean, to to, to to do and see as well. And if you like to travel with your family, you know, school's out for the most part. Most schools are out at the end of May, and um, so you can travel without having to worry about, you know, missing school. Like right now, it's the race has been typically been in what mid March. I mean, mid uh, May, mm-hmm. and so most kids are still in school, and it's hard to for families to travel. Even though in the Charlotte area, you know, there's graduations going on, and you're starting to compete with that. But by the time June um, June comes around, dawn, you know, most Schools have already held their graduations and everything, so uh, it, it's a perfect, perfect opportunity. I think to move it to Texas and have it at that part. Yeah, I agree. Of the uh, agree. of the season. Okay, uh, next uh, Coda. We're gonna have a NASCAR Cup race at Coda plus the Xfinity Series in the trucks. Well, Steve O'Donnell talks about a little bit about why they decided to give them a race. So here's what he had to say. We haven't been kind of overly enthusiastic, you know, hey, we're going there. And I think the reason you heard that uh, from me probably specifically was we had a really good partner in in Texas Motor Speedway. So to be able to go to Coda, we did not want it to come at the expense of Texas. And I think the ability for us to bring the all-star race to Texas and then also have uh, a race at Coda was a home run. And when that idea was brought to us, we felt like this is the best of both worlds. Texas, a ton of race fans. Toyota just moved here, um, a huge marketplace for us, our television partners. Uh, so to be able to come to the state three times uh, was a big win for us. And that's why you see the enthusiasm because it is a, it's a marquee facility uh, and it really matches now where it's additive to our schedule versus when we looked at it before, uh, we thought it might've been more of a challenge. And I also want to mention that Speedway Motorsports, which owns Texas Motor Speedway and several other tracks that most people know about um, they're going to be the SMI uh, company corporation is going to be in charge of putting this race on at Coda. So they're, they're kind of like leasing the, uh, the track and it's going to be under the SMI um, umbrella. So it's a one year uh, contract race. So um, I guess they're going to see how it goes and whether or not they come back in 2022. Wow. Um I'll be interested to see, Mike, because I know you've talked a lot about in the past what pluses yeah. that you saw, but also some negatives. But so I'm wondering, you know, like yeah. you said, are they going to be able to overcome some of the uh, yeah. logistical issues? Well, I've been fortunate to cover every series and organization that's ever come in there to host the host the race. I've done Formula One, MotoGP, Australian V8 Supercars, IMSA, the WEC cars. Uh, Indy. You name the vintage cars, any car. So I've covered it all there. And um, there's been a lot of good and a lot of bad. You know, the track's gone through a lot of uh, ups and downs. And uh, so I'm hoping that this can be successful and we'll see what happens. I'm very curious to see 
<laughs> this is so silly. I mean, the things I think about, but Mike, you and I both know that a lot of the success that has happened at Coda over Formula One weekends, because we've talked about it a lot of times, is not necessarily the racing. I mean, people, you know, that's what you would hope people would come in for. And a lot of people would come in, but locals here in Texas, especially folks that had no clue what Formula One racing is or anything else, they would go because there was huge concerts that would go on. Big, big name concerts. Justin Timberlake, they had Brittany... um I think Britney Spears was, was she, no, was she there? Pink has been there. Taylor Swift was been there. Elton John. The One of the years that I covered, I saw a great concert after the Formula One race that one year was Elton John. Mm-hmm. Put on a fantastic race. And they have um, the Austin uh, 360 Amphitheater there, that, which puts, you know, it's a great concert venue and other stages that they put up so i would imagine that smi will probably book some kind of music act in there that weekend that to draw because they have the concert facilities so why not why not do it mm-hmm. if you if you can afford to book somebody in there would it be a country artist or whatever um i think it, it'll be a really good thing to do to draw the people so we'll see well and i think they're gonna have to do it for the all-star race too well, I think they will. This is one Texas of those will. deals where Eddie needs to reach out to. I mean, when when you think Texas, you think quintessential. Yeah. You got to think. You got to think big. And to think big, there's one name in Texas that we all say every year. Why is George Strait not performing at one of these pull things? Him, pull him out of retirement. Maybe okay. Idea. <laughs> Track smack hashtag. We want George at Texas races or something. We got to let's start that movement. Let's start that tomorrow. And let's see what happens if Eddie gets us and is like, (laughs) no, I think it'd be good. No, the other thing I was going to mention was we mentioned earlier about Michigan only having one race. So Mm. there's been a lot of controversy about that. They're dropping from two races down to one. But here's Steve O'Donnell again. This time he talks about why Michigan only has one race. Here we go. I think if you ask our race fans, uh, where do they want to see the sport? They want to see us as many tracks as possible um, where we can showcase the sport. Unfortunately, we only have so many dates. Um, so for us, we're going to make that a terrific event in Michigan. Um, and, you know, we're obviously our, our OEM partners, two of them are there. So it's an important market to them. Uh, but in order for us to continue to expand the portfolio of NASCAR, uh, these are some of the moves that, that we need to make, uh, but we think we're making the right ones to iconic facilities. I think it's it's early. You know, this will be the first year. Um, what I would say is it is a very important market for us, uh, always has been. And so um, as you look at, um, you know, the schedule as it exists today, right, Darlington, um, we moved a race. We came back. Atlanta, we did that. We came back. Um, so it'll certainly be a facility that we know uh, we have the potential to, to go to. Uh, we've got a lot of Canadian fans who come down to that race too. So, um, you know, I think we'll be there and, and uh, we'll make that race, uh, you know, an important kind of milestone on the calendar as well. All right, Don. So what do you think about Michigan? I mean, you know, one of my great favorite track. tracks ever. You've been there. Is this good that we go down to one race or should we try to bring back another race and do two there? What do you think? Just- I, you know, I feel bad for the people at Michigan. You know, they've had 
because in my opinion, you know, they, they turn out for the races. I mean, they really do. And that track has really come into itself. It, it puts on a great race. Um, it's interesting to me that you take away a race where you're right there in the hub of the manufacturers. You know, I find that kind of interesting. But again, Mike, I think a lot of this is having to do with it, it's not anything personal with the track. I just think that we are looking and it's the same thing with Texas. It's the same thing. You know, I know that we get the all-star race there at Texas and I'm being completely like just giving my own opinion. I don't know anything, but I, I we know that Coda is a trial thing for a, for a year to see what happens. I think that after when all is said and done, Texas is going to have one race because I think almost all these tracks are only going to have one race because I think we're going to be getting into 2022 and, and, and further where the seasons are going to probably get shorter and yeah. they're going to start weeding out some of these tracks. There's just, you know, there's a lot of yeah. iconic tracks. Did you ever in your day, Mike, think that we would say... Dover, do we need to go there anymore? Or, you know, yeah. uh, Dover only needs one race or this and that. And I think Atlanta will end up with one race. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think a lot of these tracks are going to end up with, with just one race at a time. Pocono, I think, is still lucky. I think it worked out, but I think Pocono will have one race soon. Maybe it'll make that event more special. Because if you're only coming to Texas Motor Speedway once, mm -hmm. You better want. You better get there. You better do whatever you can to get there if you want to see a race because it's your only chance. So yeah, I hope so. I really do. But speaking of the schedule, you mentioned that possibly a shorter schedule. Well, I believe it was Mark Garrow from PRN Performance Racing Network today asked about. I thought y'all were going to look at possibly shorten the schedule. You know, have more double headers and we cut down some weeks. Well, Steve O'Donnell addressed that. So here's what he had to say about a shorter schedule. Here we go. Our, our television partners uh, especially are really happy with the fact that NASCAR carries a season from February all the way through to November. Um, and, and candidly, we're happy with that too. I think the, the break that you're going to see with the two weeks um, due to the Olympics uh, will be cool for the industry, you know, allow some folks. We didn't get to have that this year due to COVID. We certainly learned some things with the double headers and the midweek races, but back to Ben's earlier answer, you know, our sport is also built on kind of that big event. It's not just the race, it's the entire atmosphere around a race weekend. So we never even got to experience that at Pocono. So let's, let's try that again. Let's see how it works. Let's see what we can learn. Um, you know, as we evolve 22 and beyond, we're certainly open to, to looking at more. Um, you never say never to shortening the schedule. Um, but it's important right now for our television partners and, and honestly for our tracks with the weather and everything to, to kind of keep the schedule and, and, you know, February through November that we have now. And I think Don, the other thing that we need to mention, talk about the television partners, it comes down to money mm -hmm. and you start cutting races, you start cutting money. And if money's there and money's being made, we're going to, you know, follow the money. That's where it's going to all be. So I think that's why, we're going to still see a 36 race schedule from February to November. And I don't think that's going away anytime soon, unless money starts going away, sponsors, etc. I think one of the first races that you'll see go away and you're going to laugh when I say this, I think it's going to be experimental. I, I think it'll do good. Actually, I'm going to tell you two races. I think that may okay. fall off the schedule and, and, and this is outside of Coda or whatever else. I think sooner than not, the Roval will go away because I think the yeah. novelty will wear off. 
and I give dirt at Bristol. I'm going, I'm, I'm going to give it two years because I think okay. this first year, um, I think it'll be, you know what? This word has been going around since last night's debate and stuff. So I'll just say it. I think it's going to be a shit show, but I think in a, in like a <laughs> shit show, like you can't like a train wreck. You can't like the Roval was the first year. It was like exciting. Yeah. It was new. It's like, okay, cool. But then it's going to be, that's Bristol and that, you know, Bristol is Bristol and, and to try to make it Bristol dirt. It, it's just, I would rather them invest into making a dirt track, you know, somewhere that, you know, that can start its own history or have its own history and legacy. Bristol, I know they've raced there once before on dirt a long time, or they used to back in the day, but that's not Bristol that we know. And I just don't see it. And, and it was weird because I don't think it kind of got the, fanfare that everyone well, ooh, you know it was like okay at first it's like ooh, and but then when you started thinking about it you're like oh i don't know i mean yeah because it's bristol you know <laughs> but <laughs> well i would throw uh, the indianapolis road course in there as well that maybe maybe not i don't know because i think i think in a sense you have to stay there because it's like that's you know the motor capital of the united states or whatever and that was great racing that we yeah. saw this past. I mean, on, honestly, that was really good racing. And Mike, I, I don't know. I think as long as you have really good racing, um, you know, in the in the road courses. Here's the other thing I was going to say is I think you're going to start seeing what what I think is going to work for that weekend is though is the double header with IndyCar. Yeah, and that's why I think that that will stay. And I think in the future you're going to start seeing that become remember how we used to have Coke 600 Indianapolis 500 thing. I think that it's going to be easier for those kind of things to happen for the driver swaps and, or the double duty kind of deals to happen at those. And, and that excites me. Yeah. Well, speaking of races, Atlanta lost a race, the race moved to Kentucky. I believe it was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Now they're getting a race back. So uh, Ben Kennedy talked about Atlanta and the importance of having two races at Atlanta. So here's what Ben had to say. Okay. You know, again, uh, Atlanta being an important market to us, um, not only from a, a fan perspective, but having a lot of our partners there, Coke just down the road. Um, you know, certainly uh, a place that, that you know, re really we want to continue to be at in the future. And, you know, testament to, to SMI for kind of cooking up this one, working with us and the broadcast partners to make sure that this makes sense. Um, you know, they really want to create a lot of energy and excitement around Atlanta Motor Speedway, around that track. So, um, you know, really working hand in hand with them um, and, and really pulling that one together. And Don, um, you know, Atlanta is, is an old track that's been on the circuit a long time. There's a lot of fans in that area. Uh, another audio piece that I did not get a chance to use that I wish I would have had was Steve O'Donnell talking about uh, Darlington. They're going to have two races at Darlington next year because the fans really like, you know, racing at Darlington. And it's one of those southern tracks with uh, all that history. And so that's why they brought him back. But you heard him say one of their, their, their partners, um, and that's Coca-Cola big sponsor there right there in their backyard so there's a lot of sponsorship opportunities so that explains atlanta two races so we'll I, see we'll see I, how it, see how it goes i like darlington but i'm wondering again do people like to go to darlington 
for the racing only? Will they be excited about going to Darlington just for a regular race versus going to Darlington for the Southern 500 and the gimmicks and the, you know, the throwback schemes and that kind of stuff. It's like going to the Bristol day race and the Bristol night race, two completely different, you know, I mean, the atmosphere is completely different at it. So, um, very interesting. Now you mentioned the dirt track at at Bristol uh, running dirt on there. Well, um, Steve has plenty to say about the dirt track here. This is our last piece of audio that we have. Um, here's what he had to say, Steve O'Donnell. I've seen some uh, some commentary about Bristol about, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? Um, I think those same people may have said that about the college football game where there was 110,000 people, and it was an absolutely unbelievable event. So, you know, Marcus Smith approached us uh, about the idea. Um, I think everyone, you know, loves short track racing. But if you look at um, where we've been from a, a capacity standpoint for that event, uh, the track wanted to look at reinventing um, what we could do for that weekend and keep some momentum going for the sport. And when we talked to our television partners about that, probably the number one thing they wanted to see was, can we make that happen? And so we all got together, we worked with the race teams and said, let's give this a try. Um, a lot of work still to go into this, uh, Eric, in terms of you know what the rules package will look like, what the format will look like. Um, but I can tell you it was important for us to, to give this a try. Uh, we're going to put our best foot forward. Uh, SMI has a history of doing some things bigger and bolder. Um, we feel like we're going to be able to pull this off, and it's going to be exciting for the fan. You know, our next step, what we've told the teams, is let's sit down together. Um, let's talk about what we believe would be the best format to add the most excitement uh, and still showcase, you know, every one of our race teams. And how do we do that in an exciting fashion? So, you know, we've got some uh, – some drivers who've got a lot of experience on dirt and are going to be pretty vocal on what we need to do. Um, and we've got some others who are new to it and, and are going to kind of, you know, dip their toe in the water. So we'll get everybody in the room. We'll, we'll beat it up like we did with uh, the stages and, and hopefully come out with something that uh, our fans are really happy with. It's easy to understand. And, and especially dirt fans as well, it'll kind of mirror what they're used to seeing also. So we'll have to wait and see, Don, you know, how um, how that plays out. Uh, dirt track fans might really like it. You know, there's a lot of racers out there that like the racing on dirt. So, you know, but uh, NASCAR overall today, I thought they made a big splash. I thought it was, um, it, we, you know, we gave you a lot of audio, a lot of news today. Hopefully it answered some of the questions that, that some of y'all might have. I know it did for me. And... Um, but I'm, I'm excited. Just bottom line, I'm excited about 2021. So remember we used to have the road course ringers that would come in for the road course races a lot back when yeah. NASCAR drivers oh, yeah. sucked on the road course. So do you think we'll have the dirt track ringers that'll come and run the dirt track for those guys that aren't? It's well, here's the thing is you, no. you can't though now with the chase, that's what's going to be interesting is or not the chase with the playoff format because you have to be the one in the car driving. Yeah. But, yeah. but maybe for some of these teams that don't have, you know, that I don't want to say don't, don't have a chance because, you know, I mean, with Dega and Daytona in the, in the mix, you know, you're everybody in the Roval, anyone has a chance, but, um, I, it just makes me wonder. And, and and then again, you also have to think about the comeback of Kyle Larson coming back. You know, I mean, he's pretty much dominated on the dirt uh, this season. It's been amazing for him. Um, so, But, you know, a lot of these drivers uh, got their start on dirt. A lot of these drivers also race on road courses and carts, you know, in, in the karting clubs and things like that. 
Um, so more road courses on the circuit this year, this next year, you know, a possible dirt track race. I, again, I think we're going to see some great races at those tracks. Uh, it brings out the other talent and the drivers that we don't always get to see. And now is it just the cup series that was going to be going there or will it be all three series? Did they say? I got the impression that it's going to be all three, but I don't know. I would imagine because, you know, well, we haven't seen the Xfinity or the uh, truck series schedule, but I would imagine that race at Eldora is going to be still on the schedule. So there, you know, there's going to be a trucks that are able to run on dirt. So that's when I'm, if if I'm an owner in the Xfinity series or the truck series, like a lower team kind of deal, but I could pull something off. That's when I'm going to go find Casey Kane to see if he wants to come run a truck or, or an Xfinity car. Or if I'm Tony Stewart, maybe do I jump in one of my cars and want to, want to drive that, you know, that race just for funsies, you know, how they pick these races that they're going to race in and stuff. So, um, very interesting. Very, very yeah, interesting. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. So Talladega is next, and we go, we go from there. Well, I totally. While we were listening to audio, sent the sent the tweet out to, uh, and and by the way, I tagged you in it, so you can hate me later. Um, I sent <laughs> it to Coda, to Texas, to Eddie, and to Marcus, <laughs> and to George Strait. <laughs> asking it doesn't hurt to ask, you know. I, I mean, that's what that's what I've learned through the years. You know me when when we get Eddie on, I'm always about throwing him an idea or two, and he always tells me that he likes my idea, and yet. You never use the, them. The deep fried bacon corn dog. I have no idea. Like that would be a hit. And I don't know why it has not been done yet. Cause he tells me all the time, you know, that's a great idea. Well, it is a great idea. I just hope looking forward, I hope we can COVID-19 is still not hanging over our heads and mess all this schedule up. But cause that was a question that was asked today. Is there a backup plan? And, and, uh, Ben Kennedy says, yes. Uh, Basically, they've they have he didn't go into the details, but they already have they're already looking at if we have to shut down again or quarantine or an area that has a hot spot or something like that, how that's going to affect it. But I'm hoping we're going to be past all this. Oh, I'm hoping things are going to be better because um, it is a great schedule of races and a good you know layout. I just think. We can get by by the virus and get back to some normalcy. We're gonna have some really good times in 2021. I'm I'm optimistic, Don. That's all I can say. You're always optimistic. I'm more the pessimist. True. I'm getting I'm I'm getting better though. I am getting better. So. All right. So really quick, let's go through um, just real quick. The Vegas TV ratings were down uh, just a little bit, but But but, a lot of, a lot of competition over the weekend. Yes, absolutely. Then um, Hendrick had a big news where this will be Chad Canales last year on the box. He's been promoted. Uh, Him and Jeff Andrews have been promoted to new leadership positions at Hendrick starting next season. Um, Which I like. Okay. Uh, of course, there was a lot of talk about Kyle Larson. Kurt Busch, who, of course, you know, we, we just had the audio from at Texas. He just won the last race. He pretty much mentioned um, to CBS Sports Matt Mayer that um, Kurt said this, that 2021 could be his final year of competition. And I don't think he's going to be the only one. I really don't. I think, you know, um, I think you're starting to see the last couple of years of him, Kevin Harvick, uh, well, Denny. Yeah, Denny. Denny, um, I mean, there's quite a few guys that I think, you know, um, 
at Talladega this weekend, Brendan Gaughan, an, another fan favorite, uh, he'll run his last Cup Series race at Talladega. Yeah. Um, so, and if you remember, was it last season or not? Um, he had a really, really good run. There was, I, I want to say it was last season where he had a good run. And then he did an amazing flip. He had an amazing flip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think he's like, I'm upside down. um let's see i think that was pretty much the you know and again without other than the driver stuff that we talked about um the big news that we had seen going into or coming into talladega uh before we do our picks we want to talk just real quickly indycar will be back on the track this weekend they've got a doubleheader weekend um and so they are racing actually Friday and Saturday. So they'll race race one at the Harvest GP uh, on Friday and then Friday afternoon at 3.30 Eastern time, 2.30 Central. And then they'll race Saturday at 2.30 Eastern time, 1.30 Central there for the IndyCar Harvest GP. Yeah, and that's at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the road course. Uh-huh. And then I think it's the 25th. They'll wrap up the season, I believe. Is it there at St. Pete? Or do they go? Because they're not racing again until the 25th. And I think that's the final. I believe it's St. Pete. And yes. and let's just, I mean, Scott Dixon has kind of ran away with it. So uh, um, Joseph Newgarden, who is sitting in second place, is going to have to have a good run here this coming weekend to try to make up some ground. I want to say he's like 30 points behind. Yeah, um, and Scott is, Scott's going to have to have some really bad luck, mm-hmm. you know, and and the other one do really, really well. So, and then last week we talked about the news of, um, uh, Veach, uh, yeah. leaving the car. But I understand, um, Hinch, Hinch is moving into that seat. Well, he's filling in for the rest of the season. Yeah. So James Hinchcliffe will, uh, yeah. be the driver that fills in for them for the rest of the season. So, uh, that's our IndyCar news um, because we talked about the other news. Now, IndyCar, their their schedule hasn't been announced, but again, we know that there will be a doubleheader weekend with NASCAR at um, Texas. Uh, at no, 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 no at uh, Indianapolis. No, I mean, yeah, doubleheader. <laughs> there is doubleheader at Texas. What I'm right, saying, right? And then they'll have their mm-hmm. doubleheader weekend at Texas. Um, yeah. So that'll be that'll be fun, and and we should start getting their schedule out here soon as well. And then NHL. Let's see. Oh, and then in NHRA, they will be racing this weekend, right? Yeah, they will be racing. Well, we just came off the 51st annual Emily Motor Oil Gator Nationals Dawn. Steve Torrance got the win in top fuel. Ron Caps in funny car. And uh, it was Alex. Was it Alex Laughlin, I think, in um, Pro Stock? <laughs> I think that's who it was. <laughs> and uh, and then Matt Smith in Pro Stock Motorcycle. I believe that's the, the four uh Anyway, but um, they're going to be racing in at Gateway Motorsports Park in St. Louis. It's I think it's Worldwide Technologies Raceway now or Motorsports Park or something like that. But it's the uh, big race at, up there. So that's this weekend. It'll be a Saturday-Sunday event, qualifying on Saturday, finals on Sunday. That will be on FS1. So check it out. I'll have um, stuff on my website, racedaysa.com. And I'll also do a wrap-up show um, first part of next week, NHRA update. And I have one from this past weekend. So be sure and go to the tracksmacradio.com and the archives and check that show out as well. And we did a big show the other day with uh, Bernard Pollard Jr. Mm -hmm, We did. That was a great show. So be sure and check that out as well. Now, real quick, um, because I missed it because I was doing something really quick. Who would you tell me won this past week um, in the Gator Nationals? Steve Torrance. Right. <laughs>
Yeah. Had to do it, There's, Mike. I had to. I I put the horn in my show. <laughs> I, blew it, I blew it twice. Well, I've got the horn in there, so there you yeah. go. Three wins, they blow that horn, and um, man, Steve uh, skipped the first race of the year, Don, and he's now the points leader. He got behind in the points. Now he's leading the points again. So he's on pace for a third possible championship three in a row if he can keep it up if you're not an nhra fan but, but maybe you're a nascar fan that's like chase elliott's sirene so there you go um so perfect dawsonville. Yeah, <laughs> the dawsonville pool hall so. there you go <laughs> all right mikey mike 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 so looking ahead we got daga let's talk picks who you okay. got what you do well first of all before we do picks so we'll have Denny Hamlin starting from the pole, and I like I like their sponsor, the Yellowwood Five Hundred, but it's yellow, yeah. Yellowwood, Yellowwood yeah. Five Hundred. Um, so Denny Hamlin, he'll be followed by uh, Kurt Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Alex Bowman, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Clint Boyer, and Chase Elliott. That'll be your top ten for uh, going into into that race so go ahead tell me tell me what you think all right i'm going penske this week uh first i'm gonna go with uh for the win joey logano mm -hmm. and brad is my long shot and my really really long shot don i have to just pick him because <laughs> the poor guy needs a win kyle bush oh gosh wouldn't that just be <laughs> something that would that would be some drama either there or at charlotte for him to to come away with I'm, the win. Like, yeah, he's on pace for not getting any wins this year, so he's running out of time. Six races to go. He's got six chances, and that's it. All right. So my picks, let's see. I'm going to go, well, I'm going to go Brad Keselowski for the win. Um, yeah. I'm going to go my backup will be, um, and look, I'm just sitting here thinking about it. You know what? I'm going to go Austin Dillon with a little redemption. Yeah. And, and then he does run on the big tracks. Then my long shot, I'm going to go Bubba Wallace. Why not? Why not? I want to pick two long shots. I'm going to say Bubba or Matt DiBenedetto because I just feel like for both of them, it could be a deal. Yeah. So, yeah. Or hell, let's just pick five different people that we think. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. <laughs> all right, Mike. Well, we'll see what happens after Talladega. All right, Mike. Well, that's a, that's a long, long show, but we gave it all to you today. We had a lot to say. Well, make sure you go back to uh, tracksmackradio.com. You can check out Mike's NHRA update for the week that he had there. Also, our fun interview that we did with Bernard Pollard Jr. Uh, that wow. was a lot of fun. So it was. Uh, and, uh, and we'll catch you guys next week when we recap Talladega. Have yourselves a good one.